Attention SLPs and OTs with existing private practices. Are you ready to level up your private practice and your life and make this your breakthrough year? If so, join us for Make More in 2024, a free training offered on Thursday, March 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern to discover how to shift from clinician to CEO. During the training, we'll talk about the importance of maximizing your income, adding revenue streams, setting up systems, and more so that you can ultimately work smarter and build a successful, sustainable, and sellable business. To sign up, just visit growyourprivatepractice.com backslash training. Don't miss the chance to learn how to effectively navigate the growth phase of the private practice journey. See you on the training. People are often surprised when I say this, but I actually don't recommend that most SLPs or OTs leap or jump into private practice. Instead, I recommend that people start private practices part-time or on the side for three reasons. One, because it reduces the financial risks because you haven't quit your job, so you still have your steady salary and benefits. Two, to make sure that you like private practice before going all in. And three, to start generating income that you can use to pay off your debt, build savings, and have money to do fun things and or to reinvest in your business and continue to grow. No matter what, every private practice starts with one client. You can choose to grow your private practice after you're up and started, but first you need to concentrate on getting your legal ducks in a row, marketing to get your first clients, and then you can decide if you want to stay part-time or go full-time in your own private practice. This is exactly the way that I teach students in the Start Your Private program to get started because, frankly, this works better for most SLPs and OTs. Today's podcast episode was originally a live training which took place in the SLP and OT Private Practice Beginners Facebook group. In the training, I cover what you need to know in order to get started with a part-time private practice, and I also talk about things like income potential, startup costs, and ways that today's private practitioners are getting started much cheaper, easier, and faster than people used to. Having a part-time private practice is the safest and smartest way to get started. So let's dive in and talk more about it. I'm Jenna Castro-Casbon, speech-language pathologist, business coach, and creator of the Start Your Private Practice system. And I'm on a mission to turn stuck SLPs into successful private practitioners. If you're tired of dealing with high productivity requirements, high caseload sizes, and low pay, it's time to take control of your professional, personal, and financial life and finally get the freedom, flexibility, and financial abundance that you deserve by working with private clients in your own practice. Join me here each week as I share tips, best practices, and inspirational interviews on the Private Practice Success Stories podcast. If you're a private practitioner or one in the making, you're in the right place, so let's get started. Hello, everyone. I am so excited to be here to discuss why I think that part-time private practice is the perfect way to start your private practice. There are a lot of people who think that in order to be in private practice, you have to be in private practice full time, right? They think that private practice is kind of all or nothing. Either you're in private practice 
or you're not in private practice. But one of the more popular ways to do it is to get started on the side or part time from your job. So that is what we're going to be talking about tonight. I'm really excited about it. Oh, throughout the presentation, if you want help to implement anything that I'm talking about, make sure that you type the word support, or if you're listening to this on the podcast, DM me the word support. I'm at independent clinician on Instagram, and we will help figure out how to support you through this process. So here's what I'm going to talk about tonight. Throughout the presentation, I'm going to talk about how you can see private clients on the side or have a part-time private practice, or sometimes I might call it a private practice side hustle. These are all the same things. This is the new way that most SLPs and OTs are getting started rather than leaving their job and then starting a private practice, okay? So this is the way that I did it, and this is what I'm gonna teach other people how to do it tonight, but it's really a lot, it's a way that minimizes a lot of the risks involved in starting a private practice. And we're gonna talk about why more people are doing it this way, and this also might be more appealing to you if you've been thinking about private practice, you've been thinking that this might be something that you do 10, 15, 20 years from now, but you might have an opportunity come by to start treating a private client now, right? Let me know in the comments, have you ever had anyone ask you, do you treat private clients, right? This is something that from time to time, a lot of clinicians get asked, do you treat private clients? And you know, you're in that moment, you have a chance to either say, yes, I do, or no, I don't. And maybe you refer to somebody else. But in that moment, if you want to say yes, now's the time to start thinking about how you can start getting those ducks in a row and say yes next time. And probably start by seeing that private client on the side of your current job, right? Okay, it only takes one client to have a private practice. A lot of people think that you, you know, in order to have a private practice, you need to have, I don't know, 15, 20, 30, 100 clients. No, you can have a private practice with just one client. Every single private practice, even the really established practice in town or someone that you know who has a big practice, they also started with one client and your private practice will also start with one client. So that's what I want you to focus on is not thinking about this, you know, comparison of, you know, where someone else is who's been doing this for a long time to where you are in the private practice that you are just beginning. Okay. So I want you to focus on getting that one client and then you can focus on getting the rest of your clients, right? But in order to have a private practice, it really only takes one. And that's something that we're going to talk about throughout this presentation. So let's talk about why SLPs and OTs are pursuing part-time private practices, especially now more than ever. So for some people, it's a way to earn extra money, right? It's a way to have extra income coming into your family to pay for expenses and bills and that kind of thing without having to learn any new skills, right? You don't have to go learn how to I don't know, be a bartender or something like that, right? You also don't have to be a bartender, right? You can still make pretty good money, really good money at using skills that you already have, that you already learned 
from graduate school, you're just putting them to use for your own private clients. Another reason why SLPs and OTs are starting with part-time private practice is just to dip their toe in, right? I think sometimes people are surprised when, you know, me, like the private practice lady, is telling people not to leap or jump into private practice, but instead to really dip your toe in and make sure that this is something that you want to do. So starting part-time is a fantastic way to make sure that private practice is something that you want to pursue before quitting your job, before getting a brick and mortar space, before buying assessments, before all of those things. Why not start out with one client and make sure that this is what you want to do? Okay. Another reason why people are seeing private clients on the side part time is to start to build a caseload and eventually leave their jobs. There are a lot of people right now who are part of this great resignation, right? And especially when it comes to, you know, our, our SLPs and OTs who work in hospitals and schools who have really had a very difficult time during COVID, right? People are tired. People have still not gotten raises. People are working harder than ever, right? They've had coworkers leave and they've had to take over their caseloads. There are a lot of SLPs and OTs who either have resigned and who have you know done private practice or other things or are making plans to do so over the next couple of months and so starting to build that caseload and starting to have you know um income coming in and starting to build your confidence before you quit your job i think is a really good idea and when i say job there's a lot of slps and ot's who might also work per diem places so it doesn't even have to be that you're focused on quitting your main job. It could be that you just want to replace the income from your per diem job and let that one go first, right? That's something that a lot of people who join the Start Your Private Practice program, that's what they do is they identify, what do I want to use my private practice earnings to help me attain? And for a lot of people, it's that they want to let go of that per diem job or they don't want to have to do the ESY this year. Right. And so it's really important for us to be thinking about, you know, what do you want to be building this income for? Another main reason why people do this is to see clients that they aren't able to see in their current setting. So for a great example of this, like let's say you work in a school, but you've always wanted to offer gender affirming voice treatment. And maybe that's something that you don't offer through your school. Right. But you can offer it through your own practice you know, on nights or on weekends, right? Who knows Danny, the messy SLP on Instagram, right? She's one of my more famous students. What she does is she she has her school, her um, school job, which she has no plans of leaving, but she also has her own private practice on the side where she's able to see a lot of these really ideal clients for her. And that gives her a wonderful professional outlet. And it's also giving her extra income to save for her wedding, which is coming up which is something, again, that a lot of people do. It's like they earmark a goal, a financial goal. And they also say, you know, who are the clients that I absolutely love working with? And if I'm not able to, to fill my cup at my regular job, how can I do that through my own practice? And another main reason why people are doing this is really to have more control over their clinical care. There are so many people who are working, whether it's, you know, schools or, or uh, hospitals or EIs who just aren't able to offer the services in the way that they want to reach them. 
Or, you know, another good example of this is parent coaching. Parent coaching has been getting very popular lately and is really is in demand from parents who really want help. And so a lot of school SLPs really miss that connection with the families and are starting to offer things like parent coaching through their own private practice. So if you've ever gone and taken a CEU course and then gone back to your job, all excited to implement what you learned, only to find that they're not gonna pay for the equipment that, that you actually need in order to do it. Or maybe there's other limitations where you're like, I just got all this training, but you're not actually able to use it. That's such a waste, right? It's a waste of time. It's a waste of money, you know, theirs or yours, whoever paid for it. And it's also a waste of your expertise. You could be offering those services that you learned how to do in whatever continuing education program you did through your own private practice. I hope that this is making sense as why people are doing this more and more, and especially now. A lot of people have been asking me, like, you know, with, with coronavirus and everything else, like, is now still a good time to start a private practice? And the answer is a resounding yes. There are people in every community across the US and probably other places too, who are going without services. Whether you live in a rural area or a, an urban or suburban area, there are not enough practices, there's not enough hospitals. You know, every, pretty much everyone has wait lists at their local hospital, right? I want you to think about this. Think about your local community. Have you heard people say there's a six month wait list or there's a year long wait list? Pretty much everyone has said that, right? Whether you live in South Dakota or I live in Boston, there's wait lists everywhere. That means that there are not enough providers. And one of the best ways to help out and to be of service to the people who need you really is to start a private practice and have people get an, another place to have services. I often use an analogy of a bridge, okay? And so I see private practice as a bridge that, cl that connects clinicians, so SLPs and OTs, who are willing and available to provide clinical services to the clients who need them, right? So there's clients going without services, and there are clinicians who want more in their life, whether it's more income, more flexibility, more freedom, more fulfillment, right? And so private practice really is that bridge that brings those two populations together, okay? So if you wanna be part of the solution, this is one way to be able to do it. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, when it comes to private practice, I think a lot of people are surprised that most private practitioners actually work part-time. This is unfortunately the most recent ASHA healthcare survey with this data was in 2015. So obviously, hopefully they're gonna do a new survey here soon. But the most recent survey found that 64% of private practitioners worked in private practice part-time. So again, that's going on what I'm saying about how, you know, part-time private practice is not only an option, it's actually the more popular way to be doing it. So you would not be alone if you started a part-time private practice. It's just not what people think of when they think of private practice, right? In your head, do you know people, peers, former colleagues, 
you know, other associates that you know see private clients or that have a small part-time private practice, right? Chances are you probably do. That's how I learned about this whole private practice thing was that I found out that a couple of my coworkers had their own private practices on the side of the job that they did with me at the hospital. And so that's a really great way to do it. And it really is a popular way to do it, even though it's not what people think of in their head when they think of private practice. So what I actually recommend that clinicians do is to start their private practices on the side and to see clients after work, on the weekends, or over the summer. And this gives you an opportunity to build your caseload, build your income, and build your confidence, right? By starting on the side, you're able to just start to gain traction. Again, make sure you like it, have some income coming in, build that confidence by actually doing it, right? And then over time, you can decide if you want to stay part-time in your private practice, or if you want to grow your private practice and, you know, as you start to get more referrals, right? Demand for your services increases, right? What you can do is to decrease the hours at your job and increase your hours in private practice and shift into full-time if that's what you want to do, right? But in my mind, starting part-time or on the side is also the best way to keep your steady income and benefits from your regular job and start to build this secondary source of income on the side of your job, right? This is also what people are talking about when they talk about the idea of multiple streams of income, right? You still have your regular income, which a lot of SLPs and OTs are hesitant to get to say goodbye to, right? But over time, you can actually start layering on more and more of these private clients and make a pretty good income or even double your salary on the side of your job without quitting until you're ready. And we're gonna talk about the math here um, in a second. But first let's talk about the calendar and the schedule and when you could do this, right? Sometimes I think it helps to visually think about, well, when could I see clients? So one of the first things that I have students in Start Your Private Practice do is to actually use this software and chart out when can you see your clients and how many sessions could you see per week? So looking at these two examples, we have one person who's gonna see some clients after work and on the weekend mornings, and the other person is gonna see clients on Friday afternoons and Saturdays. Everybody has different schedules, right? But you can figure out, you know, when can you fit in even a handful of these private clients to again, start getting that income, start getting that confidence, and start building your caseload and slowly shift into private practice by, you know, putting your uh, your toe in the shallow end first. And then, you know, you sort of get more in the water versus leaping or jumping into anything that you're not ready for. So what I want to do right now is to kind of talk about the numbers, right? This is something that a lot of people shy away from doing people, but people want to know, right? And so what I thought that I would do tonight is to share some of the numbers so that you can see what is possible for part-time private practice. So we're not even talking about full-time tonight. We're just talking about seeing a handful of clients on the side of your current position. So just to keep the math easy, what I wanna start with is if you were to see one client a week and you charge $100 an hour 
which is a really solid rate for to start with private clients, right? And depending on where you live, you may think like, oh, $100, that sounds perfect. Or you might think, oh, that sounds a little high for where I live. That's fine. You could charge 80, right? And if you live in some other areas, you might want to charge more. You get to decide. But just to keep the math simple, we're going to start with $100 an hour, one time a week. Over the course of a year, that would result in $52,000. I'm sorry, $5,200. We'll talk about $52,000 later. $5,200. For how many of you would that be more than your annual rates? Right? Seeing one client a week and adding an extra $5,000 per year for your family, right? That you could use for, you know, your kids to go to camp, right? Or to put toward your student loans or that kind of thing, right? One hour a week, right? I'm sure you could find probably one hour a week to see one private client. Let's say you could see more than that and you could do about three sessions on the weekend. And again, we're charging $100 an hour to keep it nice and clean. That would result in $15,600 over the course of a year. That's, that's a lot, right? Again, for how many of you would that be? Now we're not even talking about more than your annual raise. That might actually get you up to the top of the ladder, right? Those of you who are in schools and have steps and whatnot, right? That might take you from where you are right now to where you would be like 10 years or 15 years from now later in your career by just seeing three clients over the course of the weekend, right? Another option is to see like five sessions during the week, right? You could see people after school or after work, maybe also a couple on the weekend. Five clients a week times $100 an hour is $26,000 extra per year. So you haven't quit your job. You're seeing a couple of clients, five clients a week. This is how the math starts to compound, okay? The last example I have here is the $52,000, which is if you did 10 sessions per week. Now, for most people, an additional 10 hours per week, additional to your 40-hour work week, that's a lot, right? So for most people in this situation, they might have reduced their hours, right? So maybe they're working part-time at a school or a hospital, but then they're also doing, you know, part-time for themselves, right? So you can probably see how this really adds up over time, even if you're not treating that many clients, right? This is why I am so passionate about private practice for SLPs and OTs, right? Who are not earning this through their jobs, right? And so this is an opportunity to take what you already know, this information that you already have, and be able to put it toward your own business and cut out the middleman and be doing this for yourself, right? So if this is something that's interesting to you, and if you would like to know how we support people in getting started and being able to do this, either type in the word support or DM me the word support on Instagram at independent clinician, and we can tell you more about how we help SLPs and OTs get this set up and start seeing their own private clients using this type of math to reach their goals. Okay. So we've talked about income coming in. Now you might be wondering about startup costs, right? Well, how much does it cost to, to get started? And I think that, you know, most people think just like Michael Scott from the office, right? Where are my fans of the office? 
And who remembers the episode when terrible boss Michael Scott was saving up for a ring for his girlfriend and he thought that you needed three years salary versus the more traditional, you know, three months salary or whatever they say for a ring, right? Michael really thought that you had to have all of this money. That's the exact same thing that SLPs and OTs tend to think, where people think, oh, well, you need five to $10,000 to get started. I don't have five to $10,000 extra dollars to start, so I have to wait, right? So here's a list of the things that SLPs and OTs um, think that they need in order to start their private practices. And this is why people think that you need so much money. So people think that in order to have a private practice, you have to have a brick and mortar. And if you have a brick and mortar, you have to fill it, right? With office furniture, with decorations, with all those kind of things. People also think that you need standardized assessments in order to get started, which we all know are 5,000 to you know $1,000 or more a pop, right? Logos and branding. Everyone wants everything to be branded perfectly. You don't need that to get started, right? But people think that that's what you need. Having a professionally done website, having an, an LLC and a PLC or S Corp to start, you don't need those things to start, okay? This is why people think you need so much money to start. What you actually need, you need professional liability insurance, right? That costs about $100 a year. You need an easy documentation system, which is about $25 total if you're going to do like a um, really easy system or about $6 a month if you're going to use the HIPAA compliant version of Google. A business license. Most towns require a business license. It's about $25, $50. Seeing clients in their space is free, right? Going to their house, going to the daycare. All of that is, is usually free, right? And then having cheap or used assessments. You don't have to buy the brand new assessment, right? You, you can buy, a lot of people are selling used assessments online, even the current editions, okay? So the grand total there is like 150 to $400. How many of you are surprised and you really thought that you needed all of these things in order to start, but now knowing that you actually don't need all of those things, you need some things, right? You need to pay for protection and you need some of those basic elements. But the way that I teach people how to do this is to start debt-free or pretty close to debt-free and only pay for what you need up front. And as you have income coming in through your practice, roll that in back into your business and reinvest into your business. This is how I teach people to be profitable from the very beginning versus like going into debt on top of how you may already be in debt, right? This is the way I teach people to do it, which works pretty well for most of my clients or most of the students in my program because they don't have to you know, get all of this extra stuff. You can have all that later, right? So you know, most private practitioners are maybe not most, many, the people who come through my program anyway, know that they start out of their car or out of their homes in order to keep expenses low and profit high. So like you could start at literally out of the trunk of your car, right? You can see this person has all of her materials and she's driving to, you know, again, a house, a daycare, um, wherever, and seeing people there. The other person who's one of my students is seeing clients via teletherapy from her house, right? So she's not working for a telepractice company. She's working for her own private practice 
and offering teletherapy as a service delivery model. That's another thing that sometimes people don't realize that you can do. You do not need to go work for one of these teletherapy agencies. Instead, you can see your own private clients through your private practice and offer telepractice from the comfort of your own home, right? And, and cut out the middleman, right? And so again, if this is something that you would like to know how we support people in starting up this way, type support in the, in the chat box or DM the word support on Instagram. And we can talk about how, how we've done this for over 1900 people and how we can help you do it too. You know, you can have the brick and mortar clinic and all of the bells and whistles like one day, right? But not on day one. You can have everything you want, you know, all you know, the, the brick and mortar space, the beautiful therapy materials closet, everything else. You can have all of that one day, but not on day one. If you try to have all of that on day one, you're gonna be very financially stressed out, right? Because you're gonna have gone into a ton of debt to get set up and not have the income coming in. There's a much better way to do it. And that is what we teach in my program. That's how we help people. So again, you know, we've talked about what you don't need and we've talked about what you do need. Let's talk about what you might need, right? You might wanna invest in, you know, step-by-step -step advice on how to get started the right way. You might wanna invest in, you know, access to mentors to guide you. And you also might wanna invest in a community of like-minded peers who are going through the same thing and having that support. One of the things that I think is so sad is that there's just not, you know, private practice is kind of hush-hush. And I know when I was first starting, I had no one to talk to, right? And maybe you're thinking about private practice and you have no one to talk to because you feel weird talking to your coworker, even though they're kind of your best friend, because they might get weird about like maybe you leaving or that kind of thing, right? And so I want people to have communities, not only where you're getting support and getting step-by-step -step advice, but getting to, to meet other people who are also starting their private practices, again, mostly part-time and on the side to start and then growing them to your desired level, whatever that is, later on. I want to introduce you to two of my students. The first one is Ruth Marquez. Ruth um, started her private practice on the side of her job as a school SLP and she was seeing five clients per week to start. Ruth is bilingual, she speaks Spanish, and she's offering bilingual services to kids in her area. She knew that there was a tremendous need for bilingual therapy, kids were going without it, and so she decided, well, I'm gonna start my own private practice and I'm gonna focus on the needs of the you know, uh, linguistically diverse community, in her case, Spanish speakers. This allowed her to fulfill her dream of helping the Spanish speaking community, but also fill her own needs of like her own fulfillment in, in the profession. And also she's another person who, um, I think she's now married, but at the time she joined my program, she wasn't married. And so she was also using a lot of her income to be saving up for her wedding, right? So this is an example of someone who, who has done this. Another great example, I love to talk about Claudia. So Claudia is another one of my students who did wait till you know, toward the end of her career to start her private practice. She had been in almost every setting, right? And she decided to start her private practice to supplement her retirement. She decided to see clients on the side. She worked at a school before she retired, but she didn't wanna lose her pension. So she saw her clients on the side 
And when she was first getting started, she was making about $2,000 extra per month seeing her own private clients. Now, the cool update in this need to update the slide is Claudia was able to actually retire early because she had a lot of income coming in through her private practice and she was able to retire early. And I'll just say she's doing really, really well, uh, more than $2,000 a month. And um, she lives in a rural area. She doesn't live in, you know, San Francisco or something like that. She lives in Berrien Springs, Michigan, which is a more rural area of Michigan, right? So, you know, people are doing this in big cities and in small towns because the need is there. There are people who need services. And if you're willing and able to fill them, this is a great way to do it. So we're about to wrap up here. But if you would like, was this helpful? Was it helpful to be thinking about how you could start a private practice part time and see a handful of clients, however many you you know had the capacity to see or the willingness to see to choose what kind of clients you wanted to work with? Right. Maybe you want to work with, you know, autistic kids or maybe you want to work with um, aphasia or apraxia or, you know, sensory integration, whatever it is that you want to do. Those are the clients that you can see through your private practice. And you can see like one right on Tuesday afternoons or something, or you could see, you know, three, four, five, ten, however much you have space for and work up to that. Right. And depending on whether you want to see clients like in their homes or in, in their location, you can really do this out of the trunk of your car to get started until you have clinic space eventually. Or you can also do this from from your house, right, from your living room or wherever you have your little telepractice uh, set up. Right. And so that's what I want people to be thinking about. I, my whole mission here is to help people think about private practice differently and is something that you can do now versus waiting until the end of your career to start doing. Right. That's the old way to do it. The old way to do it is to wait years and years or decades to start your practice. What what is happening now is that people are starting now. People are not waiting. People want that freedom. They want the flexibility, the fulfillment, the extra income from their, you know, more finances, more financial, you know, stability, right? Being able to pay off debt, save up for, you know, a wedding or a house or, you know, expenses like your kid's camp and that kind of thing. And that's what people are using their private practice income for, right? And so, you know, if this was interesting to you and if you would like help from us to get you up and running, we've had 1,900 people come through this program, regular folks, regular SLPs and OTs who, you know, had the same fears and worries and everything else, but we've been able to help them meet a lot of these goals, right? And so if you want help, type the word support below and myself or a member of my team will reach out and share a little bit about how, you know, how we've helped other people. And if you would like help to get set up and running, we would love to help you too. And again, if you're listening to this in, on audio, you can just DM me the word support or I'm at independent clinician on Instagram, and I would love to help you that way. But thank you everyone for being here. Thank you for listening. If you have any questions, please type them in and we're happy to answer them. But otherwise have a wonderful night. I hope this was helpful. And again, type the word support if you would like support to do this. All right, you can do it. Thanks have been toying with the idea of starting a private practice for some time now. So even being a full-time working mom, it was really nice to have a system that was all set up for me. I didn't have to reinvent the wheel or start from scratch. And I was able to land a client within about the first 
week and a half of me going public with my private practice. So now I have 12 clients. It is such an invigorating and amazing experience. If you want help to start your speech therapy private practice, then head on over to startyourprivatepractice.com backslash waitlist so that you will be notified as soon as we reopen the doors to the Start Your Private Practice system. Again, that's startyourprivatepractice.com backslash waitlist. I cannot wait to help you start your private practice. Well, this episode might be over, but we don't have to say goodbye. Head on over to independentclinician.com for resources that will help you at each stage of your private practice journey. If you're on Instagram, let's connect. Follow me and send me a DM. I'm at independent clinician. And if you're on Facebook, make sure that you join the SLP and OT Private Practice Beginners Facebook group. All right, off to help more regular SLPs and OTs become successful private practitioners. Let me know if I can help you too.